I was so desperate to make sure none of you found out. I knew. So, uh, who's next? I am. I swear I was kidding. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have the Black Dragon himself, Vernon. Vernon, welcome back to Hero Talk. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. All right. Today's topic is the TV series Young Justice, Season 1. So, so Vernon, you and I, and I think among all the enthusiasts, you and I are unique in that we love this show. Absolutely. And every, I, I don't think anyone show. else dislikes it, but I think we're the only ones who actually, like, are seriously in love with this show. <laughs> Very much so. And uh, and so this show, this show, it broke my heart because it, they premiered. And now... I grew up much like you did. I'm not gonna. It's not like we're varying ages here. I grew up with you know the Batman, the animated series, the Superman series, the Justice League, and it kind of Static Shock. Yeah, Static Shock, which is an important thing to bring up here because that comes into play later. Once that ended, like when they kind of ended that whole series, you almost felt like, well, there, there it was. That was lightning in a bottle. They will never get that again. And then I saw Young Justice, and when I heard the premise, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever because I mean I I've heard of Young Justice from the comic books, and granted, what we were sort of presented was kind of an amalgamation of Young Justice and Teen Titans mm-hmm. from the comics. But I mean, the the premise is still is still there that this is uh this is going to be all the the quote unquote sidekicks. And I just thought, like, well, if I want to see Justice League, why are you showing me Young Justice? And I think the genius of it is it kind of because you have all these secondary characters whose lore you don't have to stay as faithful to, and because you put it on an alternate Earth so you don't have to stay super faithful to established DC lore, it let them go places with this show that were just truly interesting, and I really felt like I had seen a show that was really going to be up there with the the Batman the Animated Series and and the Justice League, and I thought, I now have a new animated show, which is, you know, a a little darker. Um, I mean, it's still, it's meant for kids, but it kind of skewed a little older so that there was something something for an adult to see and appreciate from the show as it was presented. Oh, yeah. And then they canceled it after season two because, and I'm I'm gonna boil this down to the most derivative, and I know there was a lot of really there's there was a lot of factors involved here, but if you boil it down to to the bare bones, uh, too many girls like the show. Huh. And so, yeah, I heard that, but I yeah. I tended to lean toward the uh, and this was more um, this was more confirmed because NDAs ran out and things like that, and showrunners started to talk. Um, Mattel pulled their funding because they weren't selling enough toys. Yeah. And the girl thing plays into that because it's like, well, not enough girls, you know, bought the toys. I mean, if you saw the toys, no one was buying those toys. Oh, they were were hideous toys. They were hideous, hideous toys. (laughs) No one was buying those. So it's, you cannot, you you cannot say it was the girl. Because here's the thing I've learned, you know, and, and we've, we've well established, Vernon, that I have a, a sickness when it comes to collecting things. (laughs) and i was i mean i was well into my my full deviation of of buying all the collectible figures and if there's one thing i can tell you and and i i mean this as as sincerely as i can is that women collect just as much as men do there's i that whole idea of it's always just the guy and the lonely man in, in the basement with the giant smelly shirt uh no i've 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 been to the fairs there's if the figures were decent people of all genders would have been buying these figures 
But since these figures were hideous abominations of plastic, nobody was buying these figures. <laughs> and so for the the preliminary people to come out and say, like, oh, well, the demographics kept skewing female, I don't necessarily think that was fair. I think the problem was is that, you know, it wasn't maybe being merchandised correctly although i would say as you know as now somebody who's kind of trying not to collect things and who's maybe taking a little bit more of a mature look at it i think it's very sad that something needs to be marketable in terms of merchandising for me to see some of these superhero shows because maybe i don't want to buy the merchandise i maybe i just want to watch the show Exactly. You just want a good show every now and then. And, uh, you know, the toys really, really don't factor into it. I, I mean, yeah. I'm not looking for a, a decent action figure when I when I put something on when I'm watching Arrow. I, I could care less. I don't want the, <laughs> yeah. I don't want the three the three figure set of Arrow and and Huntress and whoever else. Deathstroke. It's got to be Deathstroke, right? I, I mean, of course, you got to put Death, Deathstroke in there. Although, is it Mirakuru Deathstroke or non-Mirakuru Deathstroke? Because I feel like he was bigger on the Mirakuru. Yeah, he definitely was bigger on the Mirakuru, but... Anyway, so that I mean that's a true thing. And now listen, I love Arrow, and I love the whole DC, uh, the DC television universe, Arrowverse maybe. It's I've heard Arrowverse and DC TV. Yeah, I I don't like that's either one of those, lame. but yeah. But anyway, I, I like I like the universe, but there is something sometimes where it's kind of nice to be able to watch something that's a little more family friendly. You know, like I don't I don't always want to see them trying to be as as edgy and ripped from the headlines and and trying to 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 you know push a point. I sometimes I just I just want to see the cartoons because you can have things like giant plants attacking cities and huge magical fights between a demon and dr fate you know like sometimes that's what i want and and i will likely never see a fully realized dr fate in live action but i can see him in the cartoon shows yeah as the shows stand now i don't see a live action dr fate happening i don't see a live action a lot of things with the with the with the things that are in this show happening in the uh, live versions although i gotta be honest with you i would have never thought i would see a real utilization of live action hawkman and hawkgirl it still looks super weird. I haven't gotten to that, so it's, it's, no spoilers. But no spoilers. It's, it, it looks does, really weird. It does look a little hokey, and the way they sort of get around it is that when they don't use their wings, they just go away completely. <laughs> so they, okay. So they don't always have wings hanging out the back like you know they do in the comics and in some of the cartoon shows. They when they're not all hawkified, there's there's no wings, so that they can still be normal people. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Where's, to, the, where's sorry. the torture and, you know, the, the, I guess the, you know, the, whatchamacallit, the, 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 the difficulty of melding into, to normal life and, you know, the general populace. You're always going to stand out with wings, oh, okay. but I guess it's okay. not in the budget. Vernon, Vernon, in the Arrowverse, I believe there's enough angst already. We don't need to add additional <laughs> angst. We're all angsted out, which is another reason why it's kind of fun to see a show like this, where it's like, they turn the, the angst style down a little bit for me. There's still some, yeah. but not nearly as much. And you expect to see it with a group of teenagers, but it's surprisingly right. not a lot, and it doesn't take away from anything. Yeah, I I like how they, they didn't... And in fact, and we're going to talk about this moment later, where they, they basically... I wish Arrow would learn from what this show did, in terms of everybody in their keeping of secrets, and, and how... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a secret, and then they learn it's wrong to keep secrets. But yeah. then they go right back to keeping secrets. There's so many every every season of Arrow. Oliver's just like, I'm gonna have to keep this a secret, and you're like, Come on, dude, <laughs> have you not learned yet? And then, 
Flash is like, well, I gotta keep this a secret, and every everyone's keeping literally everyone's keeping secrets, and then the it comes around and it bites him in the face and they're like well i learned my lesson and then they go right back to secrets and everyone gets so mad at him for keeping secrets again but he, they still do it i uh, okay 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 take a breath so young justice very recently uh, i believe on november 6th of 2016 so i mean we're talking within the last few months they announced they're bringing the show back oh yeah it's in pre-production they're working on stories and animation now yeah, so I I mean, given how long these shows take to actually get made, we're probably looking at probably late 2017, maybe, maybe 2018, before we actually see any episodes. That's the thing, too, is that they haven't mentioned, like, where it will air, either, because Cartoon Network hasn't picked it up, Netflix hasn't said anything, so as of right now, it's just coming back. Yeah, I heard rumors of Netflix, but, I mean, absolutely nothing confirmed, and of course, that's just wild speculation so it's not like you can count on that oh yeah uh i mean cw does have their own little streaming streaming app so they could go to that i mean like that the vixen series goes straight to the cw app or the cw seed or whatever i think they have two apps actually i think one's called the cw the other one's called the cw seed Mm. and i want to say the cw has like the actual shows on cw and the seed has like secondary stuff that's where you'll find your constantines and your vixens and birds of prey is on there the original flash series is on there oh <laughs> okay which is unnecessary for me because i own it on dvd but if you haven't seen it that's where it is so anyway i i'm i'm really excited for it to come back especially where they left at the end of season two like at the at the end of season two you do not leave that cliffhanger and say to me just wait yeah yeah that was too big of a cliffhanger to just like all right now it's canceled so yeah bye all right, so let's let's dive in. And before we get too far, I would like to once again remind our listening audience that Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. Nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. You've been warned. So that being said, uh, I think we've already established. I really liked this show. I like how they did things. I I like for the most part, with some pretty significant exceptions though, uh, how they decided to arrange the universe, how they modeled a lot of the the characters, both heroes and villains. I liked the overall tone of everything, and I really liked the cast of characters that they came up with in terms of trying to... You, you try to make sure that you're not just getting the same people we see all the time, but at the same time, you, you still need to make it, like, it needs to be relatable. You need to have characters that I've heard of, because you can't yeah. you can't just pull out... If it was the Artemis, Miss Martian, and Beast Boy show, you might not get the same audience with, you know, Kid Flash and Robin... And and they got rid of a lot of the secondary sidekicks and and just really tried to stick to the to the primary sidekicks at least through the first season and I I appreciated that and I really like what they did and and this is huge uh, I believe this is the first time in in that I can ever remember where Icon and Rocket were brought into a main DC continuity. Never heard of them before this. <laughs> <laughs> so Icon, Icon and Rocket were, uh, and I'm, I'm not reading this anywhere, so I'm just kind of going right based on my memory, but Icon and Rocket were creations of Dwayne McDuffie, who was, uh, he was a writer for the animated series, and he was a, he was a comic book creator, and he created many, many characters. Uh, Icon and Rocket were among them. His most famous creation was Static Shock. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and he uh, he passed away. Uh, I think back in 2010 or 11, it was a very tragic. Uh, he was, I believe, he had cancer and and he passed away. And it was, I mean, it really crushed a lot of people because he was just legendary in terms of his creativity. Yeah. And and he had this whole other comic book universe. And and, and DC I've, owns the rights to them, I do believe. And so you know, we we got to see Static Shock, and he probably made the biggest uh, transition because he was on the TV show. But he also created Icon and Rocket. Uh, so he was uh, he was known. He created a lot of black characters. Was probably what he was best known for because he decided I want to create the characters that I would have liked to have read when I was growing up, and so he created mm-hmm. them, and they were very well done. Uh, if you ever get a chance to grab a hold of any of his work, I I cannot recommend it enough. And Icon and Rocket were probably the best characters he made, but never really got any crossover appeal and never really came into the main DC universe. Now, I so when I see them for the first time, and they show up in, uh, I think, a couple of group shots, I see them in the background. And I remember thinking as I look, like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, was that was that Icon? What's Icon doing here? And I thought, like, no, this that can't be Icon. And then they show up later in the show. I'm like, that was Icon. <laughs> so yeah, what's the episode where the with the giant plant monster? I think that's where they first like they're they're yeah. fighting the plant monster, but they don't have any like they don't have any lines or anything like that. Yeah, they're and in these they, they, yeah, gr- yeah. just a big group shot fighting the plant. Yeah. And then they they show up later, and I I mean I was I was pretty excited because these were I mean these were great characters that were created. And Dwayne McDuffie was just phenomenally talented. He he did a lot of work. Uh, I believe he his final work is he wrote the uh, oh was it I think it might have been Crisis on Two Earths. He either he either wrote the uh, the adaption for Crisis on Two Earths for the uh, the DC animated movie, or it was um or might have been Justice League Doom. I can't remember which one. But hmm. he's I he was just he was a, a titan in the industry and it was a, a shame to lose him. But and I I I believe the characters might have been added into the series as kind of an homage to him. And I really hope that they would have they would have maybe actually made it to like the main comic book continuities. They would have probably gotten their own their own uh, continuous series. But uh, I don't think that ever happened, unfortunately. But I got to see him in Young Justice and that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it's sad that he didn't get to he didn't get to see his uh his characters come alive in the show, so that's yeah. uh, uh that's unfortunate. Yeah, but he did get to see Static Shock become and I love Static. I I do. Even as cheesy as that cartoon was, uh the Static's cartoon from the DC uh the earlier continuity with Justice League. Yeah. It was a cheesy, cheesy show. And I watched it every single Saturday morning. I would not yeah, miss it. Yeah, I fell, I fell out of it. I couldn't do it. Oh, really? I love Static. <laughs> it was too cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, it was, I know it was cheesy, but I love Static. When he showed up again in uh in Justice League, when they went to the future and Static was yep. there, and he was still riding around in seventies, the new thirty man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was. I love seeing Static. Uh, I like it when he showed up in season two. Yeah, of, of he young, doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get a uniform or anything, right? He just kind of like. He's one of the test subjects and everything. Yeah, he's one of the test subjects who ends up getting his powers. But you know, I got to see Static again. I like Static. This is great. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, you know who ended up? I, I was really surprised by this. Which character from the, uh, the the team lineup who I really did not think I was going to like and very quickly rose to become my favorite was Aqualad. Oh, I was just thinking that. 
Yeah, like they, I, I, because I think you figure me, right? It's gonna be Robin. I'm gonna like Robin the best. I'm gonna want Robin to be the best. And I remember seeing the uh, the designs of Aqualad, and he was being mimicked after an Aqualad that was gonna be introduced in the in the comics at around the same time. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, like, oh, well, they're going with the new Aqualad. That kind of made sense. But I mean, I'm used to the Aqualad who was uh who ended up being in the show in one episode, Garth, who then went on in the comics to be Tempest, and nobody likes Tempest. Nobody, because it was a cheesy throwaway character who always looked ridiculous and never did anything worthwhile. Even when he became like a sea wizard, he was just nobody cared. This uh-huh. Aquaman, not only does he have awesome powers, uh, and some of this has to be the the portrayal of the character, but he just he was likable. He was, I mean, he was hardcore, and and he was hard not to like him. And it seemed like he was he was worth something, you know? Like, he wasn't just the talk-to-fish guy. Like, he actually brought something to the table and was one of their more powerful characters. I remember, especially in the first few episodes, when he was standing toe-to-toe with Superboy. Yeah, yeah, he went hand-to-hand with Super Superboy for a little bit um, before he got knocked out. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought the, uh, I thought the, the, I guess the magic, like, electricity thing made him, made him pretty cool. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the dual swords and, like, he can make them into, like, you know, any shape he wants if there's water nearby. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's definitely a heavy hitter, and just the way that he is portrayed, and the way that uh, let me see, uh, Carrie Payton voices him, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I really I really liked his portrayal. He's one of my favorites. Um, Robin, on the other hand, I didn't like him at first. <laughs> yeah. Robin, uh, ironically, had to grow on me. I I'll, I probably was. I'm I'm a little more forgiving of Robin than most are because he's Robin and I'm a Batman fan. But at, at the same time, I I really thought Robin was gonna be my guy. And they had Wally West, um, the old uh, pre New Fifty Two Wally West, and I thought I was gonna like him because I'm used to Wally West being the Flash. It was kind of nice to you know see the younger him. Yeah. But I did not I I did not anticipate that I was gonna end up liking Aqualad as much as I did. And it didn't take long. It was it was by the end of the second episode, I think he had very rapidly become my favorite character on the show. And continued to be my favorite character on the show right up through until the show was canceled for reasons that I will never understand. Oh, that's unfortunate. But um, well, yeah. actually one thing I wanted to say about Robin is that laugh is what turned me off. Oh well like when he disappears they kept trying to make and it a thing. Oh yeah. yeah. They the- kept trying to make it a thing and I was oh, like I'm glad tried. it faded out toward like the the middle of the season yeah i can't remember doing it yeah the the thing that really that i didn't bother me so much the first time but as i was starting to rewatch it has really started to bother me was the whole if somebody says like i'm overwhelmed and he's like well let's make you just whelmed you know like (laughs) and some version of that joke showed up all over the place disaster heavy on the aster yeah but before we move off aqualad real quick I, I do feel like I am honor-bound to mention that we have a Disney Junior connection. Oh! So he uh, he did have a one-off part on Sophia the First, where he played uh, he played Barley, and he was also the voice of Rafiki, uh, who was the uh, the baboon from The Lion King. But there's a new show on Disney Junior called The Lion Guard, and he voices Rafiki on that show, The Lion Guard, on Disney Junior. So how many shots do we take? Uh, I've, I will call that two shots. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean if, you, if you look at the guy's IMDb page, it is huge. He's been in so many things, video games, uh, cartoons. Uh, he was Drebin in Metal Gear Solid 4 is one that I can think of. I think he's voiced Blade a couple of times. He, um, uh, what other big ones can I remember him from? Uh, he was in God of War. He was one of the Spartans. Yep, he played Azriel in uh, Batman Arkham City. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely spaced on that. All right. Yeah, and I think trying to think if there's anything else I would remember him from. He uh he gets around just like Nolan get, North. He gets around. He is, he gets he's around. been around. He he's I could not possibly go through all of his uh his IMDb on this. He's voiced Cyborg for a lot of stuff, but I I'm I don't think he voiced Cyborg for the main TV show in its initial run, but he voiced Cyborg for a lot of additional stuff. No, he voiced he Cyborg did. in everything. Yep. So he's yep, the voice he, of Cyborg. Which is it's a credit to his range. Uh, given that basically he, Cyborg and and Calder are about as far apart from each other as I could possibly envision in terms of what their personalities are and how they are portrayed. So, yeah. um, oh, he's also on The Walking Dead. If that's a thing that people care about, yeah, King Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Just came across that. Jen, I know you love him. There it is. Yeah, there we go. So <laughs> I mean, I'm happy. We got to we talked about Carrie Payton quite a bit, who I is the standout performer of this show. I mean, he made me like Aqualad. Vernon, you don't have to understand. That's that's a character that had two and two three quarters strikes against him before he, uh, the show started, <laughs> and he he got me to like the character. That's a that's a strong feat. It is. All right. Uh, so let's go through some of the other people who are in the show. Uh, Megan Morse, or Megan Morse, as Miss Martian. Uh, you know, Miss Martian just recently got introduced in Supergirl. Yeah, I heard that. I, I hear that people don't like the character as for whatever they're doing with her. There, she's not nearly as likable as she is in this show. Ah, gotcha. That's yeah. a shame. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I I like the actress who portrays her on, on Supergirl, but like this the character has not really been given a whole lot to work with, which is too bad. And anyway, so she's voiced here by Donica McKellar, who is a uh, very famous mathematician, but most people know her as having played Winnie Cooper in the Wonder Years. Yeah, that's a famous face. Although I never watched the show, so <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> I I I think I watched a bit of the Wonder Years in its early run. I mean, I would have been I would have been pretty young when that show was out, but I can still sort of remember it. But I, she does for somebody who then went on, and I believe she got a master's degree in mathematics. She still does a lot of acting. And she was uh, bringing this back. She was in Static Shock. Was she in Static Shock? Frida Gorin, recurring Frida. role. I guess. And Justice League. Oh, who'd she play in Justice League? It was a small role, a Sapphire Stag, when oh, they introduced he, Metamorpho. Yep, oh, that I know who that is. Huh, well, there you go. You learned something. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, McGann, I thought she was okay. Um, I liked I liked that they gave her time to grow along with uh, along with Artemis. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I appreciate that there was there was a lot of time given to you know her and her development and things like that. So great job. Yeah. Uh, she also currently voices Killer Frost in uh, DC Superhero Girls, which is a it's a web series that I actually is that for is that for like little little kids? It's it not for little. Like it. It, it's it skews younger than than Young Justice did because I mean it's basically it takes like the superheroes and they put them in high school and it really follows like Wonder Woman and um, Harley Quinn and Batgirl and, and like that and Supergirls in the show. So it really follows them around. Uh, I mean, it's I have a two year old going on three who absolutely loves Supergirl. So it's kind of nice to have something that's I could show her with Supergirl in it that isn't quite as as heavy as maybe the Supergirl TV series. Yeah. You know, for a two year old, that's that's maybe a little old. And I, if I do my job as a parent, she will never see the Helen Slater Supergirl movie. <laughs> I just have one request. Can we stop putting all of these characters in high school or, <laughs> you know, making them descendants and sending them off to a special school? Or can we come up with something else? We cannot. 
<laughs> All right. So moving down the list, uh, Robin was played by Jesse McCartney. Uh, I've I can't think of anything else this guy has been in that I would have seen. I I can see like if you look him up, he, he played Theodore in the Elvin and the Chipmunks, the new ones. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything he's he's been in. I know he was he had a part in the show Army Wives. But I never really watched Army Wives. I think it was on that was on A and E, if I'm remembering correctly. Hmm. Well, he's done a lot of stuff in Kingdom Hearts games. I never actually played the Kingdom Hearts games. Were they any good? <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> um, I mean, you know what? I played one on the PSP, and I couldn't get into it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great concept in that if I was really into Final Fantasy, I would probably enjoy it because I like the Disney characters. But the problem is, is like you've taken the Disney characters and you made this RPG with all these Final Fantasy characters, and I don't know who those people are. <laughs> it's like, oh, created I, specifically for this universe. Yeah, it was anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's Dick Grayson. I liked him better after they they made him not quite as so and no i mean he was supposed to be 13 years old when the show was set right so yeah 13 and then i guess five years later 18 they made him nightwing yeah i liked him a little bit better when he uh when he became nightwing he was a little bit more serious yeah but uh, i mean i i like nightwing as a character just better than robin in general so i like that but i was not i was not a huge fan of him in the show other than i like the character robin because robin is related to batman but let's move on to connor kent voiced by <laughs> nolan north who i don't think nolan north has voiced anything you've ever heard of vernon what no he's he's totally unknown <laughs> yeah. um this this unknown lowly actor who I think he didn't he just win an award on the Games Awards. Look at me being relevant. I don't know. Uh, let me look at his <laughs> IMDb page because I don't pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, I think um, I, I did not see much of the Game Awards, but I did see him. I think he won for like best male performance for Nathan Drake in this really small video game series called Uncharted. Yeah, no one cares about Uncharted. But he voiced um, uh, he voiced Connor or Superboy. Uh, yeah, they really went edgy with Superboy, and they they in the comic book Superboy could still fly and do all of Superman stuff, and he also had this weird like telekinetic ability that Lex Luthor put in there. So I kind of like that in this series. They they said because he's half human, he doesn't quite have all of Superman's powers because yeah. you don't want to have that one overpowered character like Superman is. And they found a pretty good way to to get around that. Yeah, no flight, no uh, heat vision, and he's not as strong. Yeah, unless he puts on one of those shields. And then he goes insane. And then he goes absolutely insane. Man, he he crushed, was it Tombstone in that one episode where he put it on and he was like, just punched him like a million times? Uh, that was the second to last episode of the season and I can't remember what the character's name is. Yeah, I want to say Tomb. Anyway, we move on. Uh, so we have Stephanie Lamelin. I think I think that's how you say that as Artemis Croc or just Artemis. Originally it was supposed to be Arrowette. I remember when they announced a lot of the early stuff for the show. Because I, I don't. Did, did you see like the initial premiere of the show, Vernon, when they like did two episodes? No, no. Um, I I didn't see any of the show when it originally aired. Oh no, kidding! I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, no, I I missed it. Um, my dad talked about it, and I never got around to catching it because I'm not banned for cable. Um, so <laughs> so yeah, I didn't catch it until um I, I well I'm a pirate, so I downloaded it illegally. Um, and now it's until on until you saw it on Netflix, right? On right. Netflix, that's where I've been watching we don't it since. Advocate that? What are you <laughs> doing to me? No, I didn't know. Yeah, I I saw I saw most of this show in its original run. I saw the entire first season in the in the initial run, and uh, then 
through weird circumstances, I during the second season, I, I was moving, and while I was moving, I you know had to get cable switched from one place to another, and then that cable company was awful, and the DVR wasn't working, so I had to switch to another cable company. So I had a good, pretty large chunk of about three months that included just the second through X episode of Young Justice Invasion in it, and... Given that I had missed that whole chunk, I stopped watching the show until I could catch up when it when it got to Netflix or whatever. And that didn't get to Netflix until very, very recently. Yeah, it took a long time for it to come to Netflix. And then there was that whole petition about getting people to watch it as much as possible. Yeah, but they had the first season was on Netflix for a while. And yeah. I want to say it was maybe a year ago the second season came on Netflix. So I only just saw the second season. And now we're all better for it. Yeah, and now we're better for it. So it got me all really excited for it again, and then again I got really sad because then it was canceled, oh. and then it, now it's coming back. So now I'm happy again. So, <laughs> but it, was it was Arrowette like a like her original name, and then they changed it before they introduced so the character? It's, it's two different characters in, in from the comic books. Uh, they they cast her, and they said she was going to be Arrowette, and the character model for Artemis looks a lot like you would maybe expect from Arrowette. Yeah. But all of a sudden, once between when the the show was announced and they put the first two episodes on to when it finally came out, mm-hmm. it was it was shown that it was going to be the character who looked the same, who looked like Arrowette, was going to be Artemis, and and they used Artemis's story from a lot from the Golden Age, where you know her parents were both um her parents were both crooks, except like in the comic books, Artemis becomes uh, Tigress. And doesn't really become an archer. It doesn't work for Green Arrow. So they took that from Arrowette and they borrowed it and applied it to Artemis. But they made her backstory similar. So it was like this weird amalgamation. Um, I I did find out while researching Hero Talk that the actual character who was Arrowette from the comic books did have a brief cameo in this series. Do you remember when um I, I can't remember it was like the Dark Spider that that character that was a very blatant Spider-Man ripoff yeah who's actually from the comic uh he he was trying to kill that guy and the guy's daughter is Arrowette oh no kidding yeah well that's pretty awesome yeah but so they just kind of they used Artemis but they made Artemis into an Arrowette type character I I think it worked I mean I I liked Artemis in it and I didn't think I would although Artemis is supposed to be somewhere around age fifteen right. Yeah. Yeah. So was it really weird to you at one point when her her bow broke and she said, I feel naked and not in the fun way? (laughs) You know what I never thought about? (laughs) She says that and I immediately cringe. I'm like, she is 15 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Didn't never thought about it. That's not right. Come Uh, Come on, Cartoon Network. Although Cartoon Network can get away with a lot. Yeah, that's one that snuck by somebody, though. <laughs> yeah, it snuck by me all this time until you mentioned it. Oh, I cringed the first time I saw it, and I cringed when I saw it again uh, just just now, so I was like, oh. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> played by uh, Stephanie Lamlin, who was, uh, let's see, she was in the, uh, in the Fallout 4 DLC, The Mechanist. I believe she was The Mechanist. Hmm. Yeah, I, you know what? I played a, a little bit of that, but I never finished it. I got to get back into Fallout 4. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I, you know, I played the Mechanist, but like, I, I still haven't played Farhaba, and I haven't played <laughs> what? You had to do your New England pronunciation. That's the only way I know how to say those words. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't done any. I didn't do the the Nuka World or anything else, so I should. I may not do Nuka World because I actually watched Axelon. I feel like I've gotten the Nuka World experience anyway. So that's that was that was Artemis. 
Moving on, we've spent a lot of time on Artemis. There's a lot of characters. There are. I mean, we're we're still going through with characters here, and we got a lot more left to go. Uh, Wally West. Wally West. Now, I've Wally West has very recently, when they did the New 52, got a major redesign. And now the comics has some weird thing where there's two Wally Wests. There's like the Silver Age Wally West and the New 52 Wally West, and they, they kind of coexist. Yeah. Um. So I usually, my preference what used to be the, the classic Wally West until I, I was watching the Flash TV show. Now, the Flash TV show uses New 52 Wally West. And as, now, bear in mind, when I really got into the character Flash, when I really started to become a fan of the Flash, was when Wally West was the Flash in the comic book runs. And in the Justice League cartoon, it was Wally West. Yeah. So I was always more of those, I, I, I liked Barry Allen, and I liked what he did, but I really, really started to get into the character as Wally West. Since the TV show, I have reverted back to I like Barry Allen as the Flash, and so since I kind of lost my original joy for the classic Wally West, I was much more open to the new Wally West, and I find that I like the new Wally West as, just as much as the old one. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how that story relates to uh, Wally West in the show, but it was <laughs> it was the young it's, Wally it's West. It's relevant. I mean, because everyone's Wally West, and that's, that's a hard name to say repeatedly in a single paragraph, Ernie. I don't know if you realize that. It's not easy. Try. Wally West, Wally West. So we got classic Wally West. But now, again, so to wrap that whole story up, now that I've watched Arrow and Flash quite a bit more, I, I see the guy and I think, you're not Wally West. There's another Wally West, and that's not you. But anyway, it doesn't matter. This is, we got Jason Spizak, or Spizak. I don't know how to say his name, and I apologize. Uh, playing Wally West. He's also done a lot of voice work for video games and for other cartoons. Uh, most notably recently, he's the Penguin from the Batman Telltale series. No kidding. I, you know what? I haven't gotten into it, so I did not know that. Yeah, it's, I like it. Uh, it's, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of criticism that it's receiving, and I believe it's earned, but, yeah, I, I do happen to like it, and I think it's been, it's been a fun game, but what a lot of people will hit it for is that the story gets a little bit derivative, and they, they maybe tried a little too hard to try to push a couple of story points through, and I think it's well earned that. Um, also of Telltale no, trying too hard? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it doesn't, it didn't quite work as well as it did with The Walking Dead. Um, also of note, he voiced, uh, Razor in Green Lantern, the animated series, which premiered actually alongside with Young Justice and I believe was the second half hour of what they, the DC action hour is what they called it. Yeah. And also got canceled around the same time. Yeah. Although when that show was canceled, they actually finished the show and put a bow on it and it had an actual definitive conclusion to the show. Really? I feel like definitive is probably not the right word. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I thought people liked Young Justice more, but maybe they had a little bit more reaction time to it. I don't know. But and I should say definitive isn't right. They they left it sort of open ended, but at the same time, it was a, a good enough finale that the open ending was really kind of it, it left you to imagine what was gonna happen next in a way that mm-hmm. they didn't need to wrap it up. You know, there was no cliffhanger, I should say. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So I mean, there was still there was still stuff that was you you that was going to happen, but they left it in such a way that you could just presume it happened. You know, you didn't have to. Oh no, how's he going to get out of it? This there there was no cliffhanger to it. So it got. I felt it had a very good resolution to it. I'm trying to think if he's been in anything else that's worth noting. You know what I have noted, Vernon? Mm-hmm. A lot of these characters have been on NCIS. Not characters, actors. The characters have never been on NCIS, but <laughs> a lot of these actors have been on NCIS. 
Or Law and Order is what I'm noticing, too. One of these cop shows. Yeah. Between NCIS and Law and Order, everyone has a credit on one of those shows, I think. Well, you figure, you, you know, you go for you go for Young Justice, or if you talk about the characters in the Arrowverse, you know, you go and figure out where they're from as well. And a lot of them, what do they what do they share? I think I can't remember what Spartacus? you guys said in the Arrow episode. Spartacus. Spartacus. There we go. It's you have Spartacus and Glee. Oddly enough, is where a lot of these people come from. So you know, everybody's kind of worked together before. Everyone yeah. knows what the deal is. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about some of the Justice League for a while, and we'll. Ma- uh, I guess we should probably talk about uh, Speedy, Red Arrow, Arsenal. I don't know what you want to call them. Yeah, Red Arrow. Red Arrow. So Crispin Freeman was the actor who portrayed him. Uh, I liked Red Arrow in this, or whatever you want to call it. This is man. This character in the comic books just is usually the the punching bag for all the worst storylines that they don't know what to do with. But um, That's, yeah. So like, is he just like a, a throwaway character most of the time? <laughs> He's he's a character that's he's not a throwaway character, but he gets the treatment of one. If that makes uh-huh. sense to you, like, <laughs> oh, he was in, there was this horrible story, and I want to say it was like 2012 or 2013. It was just it was gut churningly awful. Like the character classically in the comic books has had a drug addiction. Yeah, but they like they brought the drug addiction back in this awful way. It did not work at all. And at at one point, I believe he was carrying around a dead cat with him that he was trying to protect. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. What the hell, DC? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, anyway, um, this guy's been in a lot of stuff that people would actually recognize. Uh, of note, in, in the new series that's coming out, Justice League Action, he's going to be the voice of Martian Manhunter. Uh, for those of you who like Overwatch, because that seems to be a popular game these days, he's the voice of Winston, who I think is a giant gorilla, maybe? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the character. I feel like that was the most anticipated one when the game was coming out. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the voice of Winston. Cool. He was Firefly in um, Arkham Knight. Nice. I see, and he's. I mean, it's a, it's a ton of video games. I could go through all the ones that I think people would have heard of, but there's there's too many of them, so I'm not going to I'm not going to list them all. Yeah. Although it's interesting, he played uh, in the Marvel Heroes video game. He played Pyro, and then in the Batman games, he played Firefly. So, so they figured it would translate well because yeah. he's played a fire-based character and before. Apparently, his voice really lent itself to, <laughs> to fire-based. I don't know what we're talking. All right, let's talk about Batman. Okay. So Batman was voiced by Bruce Greenwood, who is probably most notable, I would think for my listening audience, most people would know him as uh, Commander Pike from Star Trek. Like the most recent series? But yeah, the uh, like the reboot, the 2009 movie? Yeah. He played, uh, he oh. played, I said Commander Pike, I think he was actually Captain Pike. Yeah, so he was captain. the captain of the Enterprise, you know, before before uh, Kirk was captain of the Enterprise, and I, he shows yeah. up again in Into Darkness, I don't know if he was in the new one. Actually, he died in Into Darkness. Oh, that's too bad. Did I just bum you out? <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. I, I Granted, the chances of me seeing Into Darkness for reasons other than to do a hero talk on it were next to none. But So he was in iRobot. Yeah. He, uh, very notably, he was in, um, he also voiced Batman in one of those animated uh, direct-to-DVD uh, movies, Under the Red Hood. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, so he was he was the voice of, and he had done that first because I remember hearing that they were going to bring. Because anytime they announce who the voice of Batman's going to be, and the words aren't Kevin Conroy, I feel like I'm owed a personal explanation as to why you would have felt Kevin Conroy should not have voiced Batman. <laughs> and what it came down to, well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, Andrea Romano, I I think I got her name right. I hope I did. 
she was the uh she did all the voice directing for the initial animate animated series that I had watched growing up. And this is like the first show in a long time where she did not do the voice directing. And so you had a different person and so I could understand how a different person might want to try to go with a different voice. Mm-hmm. And it didn't bother me so much because the guy had done Batman and he portrayed him very well in that in that movie. So Yeah, you know what? I didn't realize that. I'm going to be listening to that voice in a in a new way now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, that, I I really like how he played Batman. I mean, given that Batman is probably not in, he only had twenty two episodes. I want to say now, granted, most of the people who were in in season two, they had that whole device where most everybody was off in on space trial, so they didn't have to, they weren't around a whole awful lot for the rest of the people. Yeah, I appreciated that. You know, a lot of the stuff that was kind of happening in season one was all connected and that it's basically helped to set up season two yeah i thought that was very well done i i liked how batman was was portrayed although there was at one point where uh, when the, the injustice league was together the one that included the the joker and oh, the, the, what did you think <laughs> of the joker i just want to skip this out of the way too much i didn't think too much of him um he really didn't have a big part in the show as a whole but I mean, from what I saw of him and the voice that I heard, it was okay. It was just okay, though. I I I did not like how he was the he was modeled the character model for him, like the floppy hair. Mm-hmm. Like I really like sort of this. Either if you're not going to go Heath Ledger, then you got to slick it back. I also didn't like that he had like the, the, the like the 1990s chain for his wallet. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was all the rage, man. It was it's all the rage. In. It, there is nobody still wearing that. Please tell me you don't see that. You should come to New Hampshire sometime. No, tell me no. <laughs> come on. That's oh, only boy. like two hours away. How are they still wearing that in New Hampshire? It's a, We're from it's the a, same part of the country. How are things listen, that different? It's a cool thing to some people. Not everyone's rocking it. It's not cool. It's it's never been cool. No, he but, didn't yeah. he didn't do anything for me. And I get you don't want to just do do Mark Hamill like you don't want to try to play him up, but he just really wasn't resonating for me. You know, I just didn't I didn't feel anything. I didn't really feel a great connection to him. I didn't get the same sense of of danger from him. But like when Batman sends the crew out against the injustice the injustice league and he's like i'm gonna we're sending the, you after them he would never in a hundred years trust robin to take on joker well and that wasn't i don't think that was their their mission i think it was to disrupt the the plant thing well no they because they had to disrupt the plant thing but they knew they said like extensively at the beginning they said if all of the justice league are dealing with the plants who do you think you're going to be fighting Exactly, and it, yeah, it, there was a chance that they would run into the Injustice League at some point if they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew it. Just it didn't seem like so. It, it, we almost glossed over this, and I think I, I need to go back because this is important. Do you know who voiced the Joker? I do not. Brent Spiner. <laughs> yep. That's uh, you know what <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't present a lot of menace. No, he really doesn't. Uh, unfortunately, it's just, I, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling it. I really wasn't. And you know, it, he, he, he portrayed him much like I would expect Brent Spiner to portray the Joker, you know? Yeah. That's what it feels like. Although he's, he is, he's also in the new Justice League action series. He's going to be voicing the Riddler, which I get much more. Okay. That fits a little bit more. Yeah. Cause the Riddler in this series was also really, really bad. 
Huh. Do you yeah, remember? He, he had a couple of episodes, and, and the most notable one I remember was the Prison Break episode. And he was just, he was painfully bad in that episode. Wait, Joker had more than one appearance? I, uh, the I Riddler. Watched it I, I, I've moved on to oh, the Riddler. Uh, oh, Riddler, Riddler. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, wait, Joker? He's only No, had Joker one only, appeared, okay. only appeared in one episode. No, I'm talking about the uh, the Riddler. I, I can't, I haven't even found the Riddler's acting credit, and I, I'm not going to because it was not good, and I don't want to embarrass this individual. Yeah. Oh, never I, mind. I I'm found it. I'm, I'm not sorry. Uh oh. <laughs> Do you know who it was? Who? <laughs> Dave Franco. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dave Franco. <laughs> Dave Franco and Brent Spiner, I'm so sorry. I follow you both on Twitter. Please don't hate me. <laughs> uh, no, this was just bad casting. There was. I think it would have been much better if you'd swapped them. Yeah, yeah. You know what? If I think Dave Franco could have played Joker, and I think Brent Spiner could have played Riddler much better, because I just I was just not feeling it. And there was a while I'm like, could they do they just not respect the Batman villains? But then I mean, you had Rachel Ghoul, who was voiced by Odin Fair, which is I mean almost too perfect. Is that um that that name sounds familiar? Is that the guy from the Mummy? Yes, it is. It sure yes, is. Yes, okay. Uh, he is a, an Israeli actor. He's in The Mummy. He was in the Resident Evil series. He's been right. in so many things I couldn't even possibly list it for you right now because he's just he's he's everywhere. He's voiced um he voiced Mister Freeze in one of those Batman Unlimited shows. Uh, those are like movies. I think they're they're movies that come out that are like skewed younger. So like they would appeal to like the same age, just like the DC mm-hmm. superhero girls. Uh, he is Jafar in Once Upon a Time. <laughs> I don't watch that show. I, I mean, it seems like that's a show I should watch because it's, you know, like a primetime adult drama with Disney characters in it. Yeah. So you would think that I would be all over that show, but I just I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's a shame, it's too. Doesn't that seem like the sort of show I would I would be watching the crap out of? It it seems like it would be interesting, and it's popular. Like It's, it's, it's super it's a... popular, and Anna and Elsa are in it. Oh yeah, yeah. You have no excuse. Yeah, I, I don't know. No I don't know why I haven't show. gotten into that show, but man, I I should be watching that show. Yeah, no, it's uh, mm-hmm. it, it's super popular. I don't see it going down anytime soon. Um, oh, this actor was also uh, Doctor Fate in the original Justice League cartoon. No, oh, that's right. That's right. He was. I had almost forgotten that. Yeah. Uh, so that's a uh, uh, interesting little tidbits about where these actors are from. Yeah. All right. So we are we are running painfully low on time left here. So we're just going to try to hit some of the highlights. Oh, okay. there's so many actors left. Holy cow. Um. So Green Arrow was Alan Tudyk of Firefly fame, and I mean he was in he's been in all kinds of stuff. I don't know what else to. He was in Frozen. If you care about that. <laughs> did not catch Alan Tudyk. Yeah. He uh he he did not have a, a super large part, but he was in Frozen. Um. Oh, Captain Marvel, Rob Lowe. Well, he was it was Rob Lowe for two of the appearances, and then it was his brother Chad Lowe for the Chad rest of them. Oh god. Yeah, let's see. Kelly Hu played uh played uh Jade Nyen, also known as Cheshire. Mm. Did I say that right, Nguyen? Eh. Kelly Hu played Cheshire. I'll fix that in post. Oh <laughs> uh, who else we got? Any Danny other Danny Trejo, Bane? Danny Trejo was Bane? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Man, Danny I love cool. Danny Trejo. Uh Lacey Chabert as Zatanna. A uh a Mean Girls alum. A Mean Girls alum, yep. Party of Five alum. Always important. Um, any, anybody else we really need to give some mention to before we... No other names that I'm 
I'm seeing here. Yeah, nobody's immediately jumping off. Oh, oh, you know who uh, we probably should mention is um, Mark Rolston played Lex Luthor, and he might not—he's a character actor, but he's been in like a lot of really good movies, like Shawshank Redemption and The Departed and Aliens. Yeah. So we ought to mention him because he's definitely paid his dues. Uh, he was the voice of Lex Luthor in uh, Batman Arkham Knight, as well as Deathstroke and Slade Wilson, and again, in Arkham Origins the same way, which was a, a horribly, horribly, painfully, almost criminally underused character in both of those games. Ooh, Lex Luthor or Deathstroke? Or, uh, I almost said Deadshot. Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah, Deathstroke. I, he, yeah. I mean, he had the best boss fight in Arkham Origins. I mean, the best boss fight of any of the Arkham games. But as much as they played him up in all of the promotional material, you thought he would play a bigger part. But he's the first boss fight. And he's, like, in the very first part of the game, and you beat him, and you keep thinking he'll be back, and he's not. Nope. And then in Arkham Knight, I I don't even want to talk about what happened in Arkham Knight. Just, I don't want to think about it. Tank battles. Uh (laughs) And you finally beat the tank, and you think, all right, now I'm going to fight. Oh, no, it's just going to get settled in a cutscene. Take him to jail. Yeah with his grenades and stuff <laughs> what a stupid yeah. uh phil lamar the reach ambassador and green beetle oh okay well that's, that's season, season two, two yeah no didn't he play somebody else in season one uh, he played aquaman really phil lamar was aquaman and he's i mean this is a voice actor who's done a ton of stuff uh i he was an amazing he did a martian manhunter for the justice league series right am i remembering yeah. that correctly and he was no no he did uh Green Lantern for the Justice League series. Oh, shoot. What am I talking about? Get my facts straight. Um, Let's see who else we know. Wait, wait, wait. Before we can't leave Phil Lamar yet. Oh. Because he also provides several voices as two characters on The Lion Guard on Disney Junior. Goy Goy and Shingo. Both of those characters. And then he does additional, like, extra voices for The Lion Guard. So that's, like, four Disney Junior connections right there for one actor. And how many shots is that? Uh, Just finish the bottle. Uh, Fair enough. Finish the bottle at home, everybody. Don't actually do that. Seriously, don't don't do that. You, I don't. Please God, don't. I don't need that on my conscience. Uh, he voices Lucius Fox and DC Superhero Girls. Uh huh. Let's see, he was in. He voices Brainiac and Le- and the Lego DC Superhero uh, videos. For, I mean, it, it, I can't list everything he's done. We don't have that kind of time on our hands, Vernon. You started it. <laughs> it's my fault. I had to throw in the <laughs> Disney Junior connection, and then I went back to his page for that. No. All right, Phil Lamar. I'm actually trying to make sure I get it right who he played on Justice League, because I want to say that he played Green Lantern, but then I just said he played Martian Manhunter, and if I don't he get that Green right... Green Lantern, not Martian Manhunter. So who played Martian Manhunter? I cannot remember. Well, that's important now. We need to get that settled. <laughs> Two two people actually two actors I want to just like yeah. mention because they're part of my my video series. Uh, Gray Delise and D Bradley Baker uh, both provided voices uh, both for animals and uh, one character in the Forever People. They are both voice actors. Oh, and Mae Whitman uh, also comes in in the second season. Those three voice actors yeah. are from Avatar: The Last Airbender. If anyone watches my videos, Mae Whitman also was uh, popular on Arrested Development. Yes, she, she played Anne, and she was in. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, as I think Roxy was the character's name. She is also the voice of Tinkerbell on Disney Junior. Take a shot. Oh my god. <laughs> Get another bottle, folks. <laughs> and uh, let's see what else she's done. She was on the show Parenthood. Never watched it. That was the one with uh, with Coach. I can't think of the guy's name. Craig Coach T. Nelson. New Girl? No, Greg T. Nelson, I think. Oh. Alright. Uh, Renee Auberge Odo from Deep Space Nine. 
Oh, yeah. He, yep, I yep. mean, like, he was unmistakable from, like, the first episode as Dr. Desmond in Blockbuster. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So I believe I've I've located the actor who played the Martian Manhunter. In this. <laughs> we are fully on another show now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if we didn't get this right, it was just going to be painful. It was uh, it was jo- John Jones was played by Carl Lumbly on, on on that show. So Carl, I am I'm really sorry that I I screwed that up, and and I gave Phil Lamar credit for your part on that show. <laughs> that's that's on me. But we made it right. I made it right. I made sure I gave you uh I gave you some credit. And uh, so the character Martian Manhunter currently played by David Harwood on Supergirl. You see how I'm tying everything together? Everything is is going well. Everything's tied into other things. So we're do, we're doing well. NCIS is in there. We've got the live action shows. <laughs> oh yeah, I think people are learning so much on this. It's <laughs> this is such an educational hero talk for everybody. Is there anything else we want to talk about in terms of uh, all right? Well, Young let's, let's we, one? we need to we need to get, at least get off the cast. Let's let's talk about is, is there any like major story points you really wanted to to bring attention to? Just I'd like to just mention that you know I, I really appreciated that you know there was smart writing here. Everything mm-hmm. was either a distraction for the team or you know something led to a greater goal of some of some sort that the team really didn't understand right away, um, and that it all culminated in the last episode of the last two episodes of the first season. So that if they didn't get a second season, at least, you know, there was vague mention of, of like of the next phase of the plan. But if that was, you know, if that was it, then you'd get like a cohesive story and there wasn't a lot that was left hanging. Um, And I also like the team dynamic. Uh, Just everyone was given time to shine everyone at least at least of the main six um team members of young justice had at least one or two episodes to really like you know for you to really get to know them and there were characters that kind of dipped out so you got more time with the other characters and i just i like that you know that they were you know giving a, a good amount of character development to everyone and so by episode 25 the usual suspect which is uh my favorite episode where all the secrets are revealed um mm-hmm. and like you know artemis and 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 uh and, and connor and and mcgann they're revealing their connections to the bad guys and things like that and um they're such a well-tuned team now so that when they're checking out the you know the the, the crashed plane and everything like that they're looking for cheshire and they get ambushed but they kind of they, they kind of figured it was an ambush so they've been working so closely together um throughout the season that up to this point when calder says go they all know their jobs and they yeah. get right to work i, 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 I didn't it. notice it that all keldor has to say is go yeah yeah he's like are we linked go like yep. let's do this yeah. So, not that I want to just put a stranglehold on the conversation and bring it back to the cast, but I feel like <laughs> I made such a big deal about Icon and Rocket. Uh-huh. We should probably mention who played them. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, Denise Boot played I uh, Rocket. I should say. I almost said Icon. No, she uh, she played Rocket. Uh, I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. She was on the show Meet the Browns. Um, she's been in Why Did I Get Married for the Love of Ruth. It, it's a lot of shows I have not seen. None of which I'm familiar with. No, I mean, I, I heard of Meet the Browns, because it used to be on TBS, and I saw a lot of commercials for it during Conan, but uh, she was on Everybody Hates Chris once. I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming wow. there's an NCIS a lot of in shows there somewhere. I haven't seen. Yeah. There's got to be NCIS in there somewhere. I haven't seen it, but I'm just I'm just going to assume. 
<laughs> some, some, an NCIS. And then, uh, Icon was played by Tony Todd. Now, Tony Todd is the Candyman. Um. Do you not know who the kid I thought that nope. was a big moment for me there, Vernon. <laughs> you just no sold it. I'm so sorry. I deflated your moment. Oh, oh, the Candyman. Yeah, the Candyman, the 1992 horror movie type thing. No. Oh, that guy. I just looked him up. Yeah, he was in Platoon, uh, The Rock. Uh, let me think who he was. I think he was in um On the Flash. I think he played Zoom when you know when Zoom was doing his voice and like still had the hat on because when Zoom took his hat off, he was somebody else. Yeah, he was the voice of Zoom because Zoom was actually somebody else under the hat. I won't spoil it. I could. It's a podcast. It's a spoiler podcast. I just won't. It's a little little off the beaten path for people. <laughs> oh, I see. Here he grew up in Hartford, Connecticut. I went to school there. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Did you know him? <laughs> I almost fell for it. Uh, let's see. He was Dreadwing in Transformers Prime. Uh, I mean, th- this guy has been in a lot of stuff, and we very almost just went right on over him without actually mentioning all of the massive. I mean, he was in Twenty Four. Nope. No, you never watched. I I watched, watched Twenty Four. I've watched here and there pieces of Twenty Four. But, yeah, I mean, he's been on, I'm seeing a lot of CSI Miami, I'm assuming NCIS at some point as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Maggie Q. Who was Maggie Q? Wonder Woman. As one, well, Maggie, she had so few lines. Yeah, it's like, hard that's, to pick her out. That's one thing that really stuck out to me when I was watching it just for this podcast, was how few lines that Maggie Q actually had in the show. Like, like Wonder Woman just didn't talk all that much. Yeah, not really. She got maybe two episodes. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, when you figure the show is Young Justice and and Wonder Girl wasn't in the show for the first season, she doesn't have a protege there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So there's no point for her to be showing up. Not like Superman. We never mentioned who played Superman. Was it anyone important? I thought they were both. Uh, I thought Superboy and Superman were played by Nolan North. Were they both? I didn't uh, even bother looking up Superman. Is that bad? Should I have looked up Superman? <laughs> yeah, voiced by Nolan North. Both oh. of them. Well, that makes sense. You figure they're clones. Yeah. Well, Superman isn't a clone. Okay, you're right. That was that was poorly worded. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 you know what I mean. I I gotcha. Yeah. Did you ever see when Conan O'Brien like he had Bruce Tim come to his studio and he basically just made up a character off the top of his head who looked ridiculous called the Flaming Sea? No. Well, it was when Young Justice was coming out, and so they there was a bunch of scenes they created where they they took the Flaming Sea Conan's character and they would put him in Young Justice for like a quick two minute segment, and they would basically like have him be Superman for that scene. And there was a different voice. There was a lot of scenes with him showing up and yelling at Superboy. <laughs> and Conan would come back and he'd like he'd see the clip and he'd come back and be like, "Wow, I hate Superboy." Yeah, I'm googling it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this and watch this after we record. Looks funny. Yeah, you you should. It was it's it was very humorous, especially the way he designed him. And again, he looks dumb, but like <laughs> he shows up and he he's in the the Young Justice cartoon, so it was kind of funny. All right, so we're now back off the cast again for real this time. Closing the window. We're sure? done. We're done. So going back to the episode that you just mentioned, Usual Suspects, I think my favorite part of this episode is where they get to the point, um, I think it was, was this the one where they all just decided to reveal their secrets to each other? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I was, 
the thing I liked about it was, you know, because this happens all the time, is that everyone's got their secrets and they're all being manipulated. And then suddenly you just have Superboy say, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, I'm not going to keep the secret. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Mm. And then Artemis is like, you know what? I'm not going to keep the secret. I'm just going to tell everyone what happened. And and then Wally's like, anybody else? And McGann's like, yeah, actually, I uh, I got something else I want to tell you. That's where I was getting. Yeah. And so they all just tell him, and they're like, and then instead of like the team going all CW angsty, like Team Arrow and Team Flash would have done, the teams are yeah. like, all right, well, how can we use this? And I just, oh, yeah. you know, it's it, you never see it work out that way. And like maybe it's because I've been watching so much Arrow and Flash with the whole keeping secrets and stuff, and to a lesser extent Supergirl, but it's still in Supergirl that it's just so refreshing that everyone's like, you know what, I'm just going to tell you my secret, and the other people are all, well, thank you for letting us know. Let's use this. We're not just going to get all upset and butthurt about it. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good point of uh of just you know getting it all out now, uh, and then you know basically having a cool fight to to go to later on where they basically like you know figure out because i mean the whole season they're trying to figure out what these what these villains are doing because they're they're actually coming up with a a really good plan and they're keeping everyone on their toes so they need an edge so i'm I'm glad they did this now also this is significant this is the show that made sportsmaster cool Never heard of him until this show, but I he was, I, I saw pictures of him and yeah. he was pretty lame. Yeah, he was a like a golden age supervillain and he he basically was sports themed, so he'd like throw <laughs> baseballs and footballs at people and stuff. <laughs> so it was it was like a really lame version of Casey Jones, basically. Oh yeah, and it was oh. I never thought of that. And so I, I got when I found out when Sportsmaster shows up, and he shows up pretty early in the series. Uh, you can you can almost hear my sigh, like ah, oh, <laughs> really. And then as it turns out, <laughs> they make him really cool and capable. And uh, I mean, he still looks like he uses a lot of sports themed stuff, which is kind of odd. But then he also pulls out a lot of pretty nasty weapons that he uses as well. And he's he's shown to be a a formidable opponent to you know to people so uh, the team just can't take him down like you would imagine they could the comic book sportsmaster so kudos to this show for making sportsmaster a worthwhile villain actually i mean kudos to the show for making a a lot of the characters that you would normally think wouldn't be formidable actually formidable or you know not easily taken down you know, maybe uh, maybe challenging the characters a little bit more to use their heads instead of their brawn. Um, yeah, n- none of these none of these characters really fell short, except for the Riddler, who did not do anything and was just super annoying. Yeah, and the Joker, who just didn't really seem to be the Joker, was seemed to be somebody else entirely. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't threatening at all. It was someone who said he was the Joker, but we know better. Yeah, he he made some weird throwaway line as the Joker, where, like, how can you manage, like, all these different attacks on these cities? And he's like, I've had practice managing my multiple personalities. The Joker doesn't have multiple personalities. What what do you, you just, oh. you're just trying to, like, say, oh, here's a thing that somebody who might be crazy would say. Well, okay, the, <laughs> the Joker is, he is psychotic, and he's sociopathic, and he's narcissistic. But he has never shown any indication of multiple personality disorder in any way, and I don't think that adds anything to the character, and so I just thought it was a stupid thing to have him say. Well, new universe, I mean... No, it's stupid, it's stupid, Vern. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you know what I I really appreciated? And uh, I I can't even think of the the episode where this happened, because it wasn't really a main part of the show, but when, when Black Canary was brought in as their trainer... 
and we see her training with Superboy. And yeah. you would th- and Superboy basically thinks that he can just wipe the floor with her because, you know, he's Superboy. And you see Black Canary just floor him repeatedly over and over again. This was the I believe it was the the Amazo episode. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I it's just it's nice. I like to show that like if a person is is a good enough fighter and they're doing training that, you know, Superman and Superboy especially here can't just punch their way out of problems without having to think you need to be able to fight and intelligently. Yeah. And actually, you bring that up and that's a a problem that I had with a uh, with a uh, Avatar the Last Airbender. Not enough training. But uh, here yeah. they show them like they show them sparring. They you know they show them like you know getting along. That's the other part of the team building thing that I like. Yeah. Um, is just you know they that's how they spend their free time is you know either going to school or hanging out or sparring. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if if you want to make it to the big show, then you got you got you to train. Of course. Though it's really weird when they 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 act like Robin's been doing this longer than any of them, and he's only thirteen. When did he start being Robin? Uh, when he was eight. Wow. That's Batman. Come on, man. That's an he eight-year-old. He to bring his killers, his parents' killers, to justice. The kid's eight. Seriously, Batman. That's not right. <laughs> That's not there right. Are dude. No, there are no uh, depths to where Bruce will not stoop. Yeah, they have a lot of villains that are giant apes. You know, I didn't realize that until you said something. Um, Gorilla Grodd. You've got the one. I I don't remember what its what its name was, but the one that was in the Injustice League. Uh, Ultra and Humanite. Ultra Humanite. Okay, and there's also well, he's not really a villain, but he's more of like a an assistant to the brain. Yeah, um, uh, Monsieur Mula, mm, who okay. uh, who is actually in in the comic books. He has a much bigger part, and he's a talking monkey. And I believe they're lovers. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, French, I don't. I don't so think I don't I'm just making that up. I think that's a thing, but it's possible my brain would have blocked that if that was a thing. So I'm not really sure where I'm getting that from. But yeah, I want to say that in the comic books they were lovers. I don't want to think of the logistics of that. I mean, listen, if a brain wants to love a giant ape, but it's <laughs> <laughs> the brain's prerogative. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't understand how that works. Just, just the mechanics you don't of it. Need to. Yeah. I mean, it's a brain, so it gets all the sensory stuff. I. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, again, that's the brain's business. That's just <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah, so I, I was kind of um, sad to not see King Cobra anymore. I yeah. thought that they were, I thought that they were setting him up to be like you know how um, uh, Superboy has kind of like Lex Luthor as his mm-hmm. kind of enemy for the first season, and you know McGann has Queen Bee. I thought that King Cobra was going to be, um, you know, Robin's, I guess. Uh, crucible almost right but um, they like they dropped him. Yes, come. they drop him yeah yeah i was also i was really surprised with how much of this first season was dedicated to uh the tio maro's androids yeah i didn't quite like that arc i mean was it part of the larger plan that the light had i didn't get it i i didn't get a feel like that was part of the light that was just something else that was going on while all this stuff with the lights happening at the same time dr tio maro was trying to reunite the red family to create the red inferno i think was the uh the final one the volcano one oh volcano yeah yeah so yeah. i i was not a huge fan i mean it was it's an interesting thing to you know to to try to have because it's it's obviously not something that gets a lot of attention in mainstream stories i mean most most people don't usually care and that creepifying oh the so he's got like the humanoid-esque body up mm. in his attic thing and the, the kids find it, and they they very much imply that it is an anatomically correct naked body. 
just completely uncovered, and, like, Zatanna and Artemis find it, and they're like, huh, how about that? Naked man. And again, they are 15. This is this is the situation you've just put them in. <laughs> this is not right. Well, Can- they, got it. they see adult stuff all the time, probably. Yeah, but, uh, that, that's gotta be, that's gotta leave scars on your psyche. (laughs) With all the stuff they've seen. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad they put pants on them. That was, that was just something that maybe Red Tornado should have done. And then later, when, when they're, they, they go to put them in, in the, uh, in that body, in the final episode, and you don't get to hear the explanation, but Rocket says, so he built this body so he could party? And (laughs) I, I, you know, like, you start to wonder, like, so why would she say that? Unless they were referring explicitly to the fact that it was anatomically correct. In which case, <laughs> these are children. These are children. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's listen, I'm not, I'm not weird. A, I'm not a prude. I understand these things happen, but at the same time, this is Cartoon Network. This is supposed to be the family-friendlier version of these characters. And yet, this is, I'm, I'm seeing stuff that, like, the, the, the censors just weren't paying attention. Hey, fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah, like I'm, I'm really surprised they got away with that line. It's just, it's, it's horrifying just because they are, these are still children that are talking about. Uh, you know what? Let's move on. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, now that final episode that had a that really great way. First, you get Starro making his appearance finally because Starro always has to show up somewhere. Somewhere, some way. Now, is that, that's the, um, that has, like, mini stars and they, like, latch to your face, almost like face huggers? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Um, I'm glad they didn't do that here. Yeah, I'm so glad. I don't like when they do that. I prefer, the, like, the whole biotech sinking into the skin thing was much better and, and much preferable. And I was, I definitely liked how it, it kind of pitted them against each other. So you actually got to see the, the team having to go up against the, the Justice League. Mm. And I appreciate that they didn't just show, like, see, we can stand up to you. Like, they, they had to basically be extremely careful and extremely accurate in their attack. And, and hit multiple of them at once because they made it very clear like we couldn't just face up against the Justice League. We needed a lot of things going in our direction and we needed to be very on the spot with our attacks and it showed that that's how they were able to pull it off. Yeah, they're having a lot of trouble. Well, I mean, it's it, it's nice to see that Calder didn't kill Flash, Green Arrow, and Aquaman and he was able to hit the button in time or else they'd have been sucked out into space. Yeah, that plan was definitely... <laughs> That was the 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 margin of error on that plan was not. I mean, it was razor thin. Like, what if they just didn't pay attention and didn't hang on to anything? You would have sucked them into the vacuum of space. That would have made very awkward mission debrief afterwards. Yeah. Sorry, we killed three of you. In our defense, you were evil Justice League members. <laughs> what, what do you want from us? Oh, you know what was a you know what was a good episode was the failsafe where it was the oh, no yeah. win scenario. Yeah, the the Kobayashi Maru of the Justice League. Yeah, which I don't understand why they wouldn't just put him in a hologram. I mean, I they, ha- I they have that technology. Yeah, that's the thing is they do have specifically that technology. But I mean, I I, I guess I kind of get it. But then with Miss Martian and being in the mental world, it seems like in that particular case, you wouldn't want Miss Martian running the psychic link. You would want the Martian Manhunter so that he could keep a higher level control of what was going on instead of letting Miss Martian do it so that she's given that she's personally involved, something like this could happen. 
Well, the thing is, is that he was running it, and then she took over because she's so much more powerful. Oh than yeah, him. that's right. And then Artemis' death, like you know, it, it it freaked her out so much that she hijacked everyone. Oh, that's that's right. Okay, I misunderstood. But yeah, you're right. You're right. That makes more sense. Just forget what I said. <laughs> but yeah, like not involving her would have been sufficient. But they didn't know the extent of her powers. Like she's yeah. super powerful. Well, they didn't know she was a white Martian. He did. He did? He did, yeah. I don't... Oh, did... did? I mean, he's... Oh, she's my niece. Like, everyone seems to be saying that. Green Arrow said that, and clearly Artemis is not his niece. Oh. Um, Sorry. Well, I... Because in in the original comic, I I remember when she debuted, and when she had debuted in the comics, her being a white Martian was supposed to be a big secret. Yeah, yeah, and it it is, but... I mean, it is from the team, but I don't think think Martian Manhunter knew in the comics that she was a white Martian. I think she had kept that from him. Hmm. And so yeah. I, I had presumed that she had kept it from this one, but you're right. Like, there's nothing that explicitly states that he wouldn't have known that. Yeah, but how would she have kept it a secret from him? Maybe Martians do family stuff a little differently than we do. Maybe. I I don't know. <laughs> but I, I remember that was kind of a key plot point, is that she didn't tell him that she was a, a white Martian. And the reason why he didn't... And so it made sense to me, because... White Martians are routinely portrayed as being far more powerful than the Green Martians, and that would have been why why she would have been able to take over psychically the Link, because if he didn't anticipate her White Martian powers, he would have been overpowered. Uh, that's a good point. Well, I mean, maybe it, it, it never really got fully established. And so you're right, given that he just said, like, this is my niece. There you go. It's it's very likely from that portrayal that he would have known. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe he took her in or something yeah. and then just decided that would be the code or whatever. That would be the secret. Yeah. White Martians are ugly. Uh, they are definitely terrifying. <laughs> like when, when Superboy's holding her hand, I get it's a sweet moment and I get he loves her for what she really is. And, you know, that, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But, oh. uh, but they are ugly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, Superboy is willing to hit that, so you, you know more what? credit to him. Superboy, he is he it's true love. That it is. <laughs> it has to be true love, because there's no other explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you make of uh Artemis and, and Wally? Artemis and Wally? I mean it's I think it's fine. I mean it it got it was a little over the top, especially in the last episode when it was like it was New Year's Day. And so they all had someone to kiss, and you realize they had all paired off. Yeah. And you thought, like, okay, now, wait a minute. That's, <laughs> come on. This is too easy. Yeah, but. I'm, yeah, Zatanna and Robin, Rocket and Aqualad. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more with Rocket and Aqualad, or at least a love interest for Aqualad. I know. Well, the problem is, is that for as much credit as I give them for bringing Icon and Rocket into the mainstream, I mean, I don't believe Rocket has any speaking lines for the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah a little bit when she's like, it's like her bridal shower. Like, she's getting married in the second season, and that's it, though. Okay. Oh, that's right. Who's she marrying? Mary's the new guardian, right? No, no, that's uh, that's Bumblebee. Oh, Bumblebee's into the new guardian. I like the new guardian. I I did not read anything with the old guardian in it, so I didn't even start like really reading guardian comics until the new guardian was was debuted back in. Yeah, I think we're talking like twelve, thirteen years ago. So I really like that they brought the new guardian because I just I just look and I'm like I'm I am not liking this guy as guardian. He is not the guardian that I've come to know. So it was really nice to bring in new people. Yeah, Mal Duncan and 
Karen Beecher as yeah. Bumblebee and Guardian, respectively. Yeah, so the first time I ever read any Guardian comic was Mal Duncan. I never read the old guy as Guardian. So it's, it's it was kind of nice when Mal showed up, and like at one point in Season 2, he actually puts on the Guardian armor, and I'm like, that's my yeah. guy! Because I never, I never read the other guy's comic. I only started reading Guardian after Mal Duncan became Guardian. So he's just like a normal guy in a yeah, suit? Like just I've a normal never... guy in a suit, yeah. Okay, yeah. alright, so Batman. Basically, except with a shield, so Captain America. Gotcha. Speaking of uh, Guardian, Guardian actually uh, debuted very recently in Supergirl. Oh, as um, uh, Diggle, right? No, not Diggle. No, not Diggle. Diggle is Spartan, who is a brand new character. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten that far. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I saw I'm not gonna... the pictures of of Diggle in a costume, and D- I yeah, don't D- like Diggle that just gets Diggle just gets a costume. It was they made it a little bit better in the newest season, but I still I don't like Diggle's costume. I really I really liked when Diggle just didn't wear a costume. Like Diggle's just like, yeah, whatever, wear your mask, weirdos. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, he's bound to get noticed at some point. You know, he's always showing up at these crime scenes with no mask on, shooting people, and no one asks any questions. Yeah, I guess I I really felt like once they established in the first couple of seasons he didn't care about a mask, it was very odd when he suddenly started caring about a mask. Yeah, uh, what are you going to do? I'll I'll get there eventually. Yeah. I just finished season two, and I jumped over to The Flash. Yeah, I will say Diggle is the one character through all of Arrow who has not managed to annoy me at some point. Aw, Which... including Felicity? Oh, you, you just wait. You just okay. wait. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. Listen, I was there. It was Diggle and Felicity. Diggle and Felicity up until season, what are we on, season five now? So season four? Whatever the last season was, that's when Felicity lost me. And then it was like, "Oh, hey, Diggle, it's just you now, man. You got, you got to get me through this. You're, you're my last, you're my last refuge on this show." Aw, I really <laughs> like Felicity. I mean, she's still likable, but after what happened in season four, I was just, I, I couldn't like her as much as I used to. All right, all right, I'll get to season four and we'll talk more. Yeah. We'll talk more. We'll get there. We're talking about we're talking about Young Justice right now. Although we have talked Young Justice to death, I think. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, I mean there was there was a ton going on, so it's not like we could go episode by episode. That'd be insane. And it was twenty six episodes. This was not like one of those 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 small orders. This was a huge series of episodes and, they, and a mm. lot of arcs in the whole thing. Yeah, which was which was very well done. Uh, the one thing I will say is uh, one last funny moment um, is that uh, Vandal Savage was caught monologuing. <laughs> he sure was. He uh, he let uh, Red Arrow go because he was monologuing. He was basking in his he moment. Was basking. <laughs> and then again, when like you know they think they've got him. You know, Red Arrow, Black Canary, and uh, Red Tornado, and hey, they're not online. And you realize, oh crap, he's been monologuing this whole time <laughs> and giving away his entire plan. Yeah, we've been at the top of of every science you can imagine, and and mind control. And look what we did here. We bested you guys. <laughs> just, just shut up. <laughs> I know. That's when when the light all get together at the, at the end and and did their debrief. They're like, all right, Vandal, you just just don't talk. <laughs> just go and carry out the plan and keep it to yourself. You don't need to. Yeah, I, I, it is it is funny, and that did happen more than once. But yeah, I that's I there was I I don't know what I was about to say. <laughs> I lost it somewhere in there. All right, so I think I don't think I have anything else I specifically need to talk about for season one. How about you? Mm, I've got a lot of notes here, but yeah, no. 
Well, yeah, I have a ton of notes, too, but I'm saying what we need to talk about. Yeah, there's nothing we need to go over, really. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you want to talk more about us with Young Justice Season 1, you are more than welcome to head over to Enthusiacs.com and hit us up in the comments of this podcast, and we will talk to death about this show if you want to. But I think for the sake of hero talk, I think we ought to just wrap it up. Sounds good to me. All right, so now is the time on Hero Talk where we say what our favorite part of Young Justice Season 1 was. And so, Vernon, since you are literally the only other person here, I'm going to start with you. What was your favorite um, part of Young Justice Season 1? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so I have to say that my favorite part was Ocean Master disappearing. Really? Yep. It's clear that it's Aquaman's brother. He didn't do much except for give the Starro whatever to, mm-hmm. to the light. And then he completely disappears in season two, but he is given nothing to do. He's a part of the light, the inner circle of the light, but he is never mentioned. He doesn't really have much screen time except for when Aqualad goes to Atlantis. And that's it. That is my favorite that's part. That's your it favorite makes me part? Laugh. It makes me laugh so <laughs> or, hard. I can see that. Yeah, he does. Because he's replaced by, by Black Manta in season two. And yeah. we never get to hear from him again. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, poor guy. Huh. Okay, then. Well. So, yeah. <laughs> was he really? Did he just disappear? I'm trying to think. Well, so he's in the he's in the Atlantis episode, right? And they sh- and then like there's a part where they show a lineup of who actually is in the light: Lex Luthor, Vandal yeah. Savage, Ra's al Ghul. Ocean Master is there, um, and there's no speaking role. We I- don't see him again. And then they give him a throwaway line. They're like, "Uh, it sucks what happened to Ocean Master in season two. And then that's it. They replace him with Black Manta. I thought it was Black Manta that was in the lineup. Was it Ocean Master? It was Ocean Master. Was Black Manta also there? No. No, oh, not in the inner circle. He had to earn his way into the inner circle by season two. Oh, I think, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he just... He what, up what? and vanished. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a tie-in game that explains... Kind of, it's like Xbox 360, PS3. Oh, Young Justice game. Legacy? Yes, yeah, there's a tie-in game that explains kind of what happened to him. But if you didn't know that there was a game, he just disappeared. I I had somehow completely missed that, and it maybe put it. I in my head, I thought Black Manta was in the light. But yeah, now that you're mentioning, yeah, Motion Master just disappears off the face of the earth, and suddenly Black Manta's the guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor guy. That ain't right. All right, yeah, so somehow disgraced and replaced by Black Manta. <laughs> well, unfortunate. Black Manta doesn't get a lot of love, so I'm more than willing to let Black Manta get in there. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so my favorite part, and we've we actually talked about the part, but I just want to say my favorite part was in the Usual Suspects when everybody just completely exposes all of their hidden secrets in one fell swoop right there in in, in the hangar bay. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, by the way, I did this and I did this. And, and nobody's even mad about it. Like, yeah, so Cheshire is my sister, and that's how she got away from me, is because I didn't want anyone to know she was my sister. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> but I yeah, just, they, they ran with it. Yeah, I really liked it. It's so refreshing because it's everyone just accepted it. There was no reason to get super mad about it. There was no reason to, to, to dwell on it and go, I can't believe you kept secrets from me again, Oliver. It was just, all right, <laughs> everything's You've out. You've got some PTSD or PTSD <laughs> from, uh, yeah. from, from Arrow and... From the Arrowverse, yeah, this I had a, I had a bit of a flashback to every every other episode of Arrow, but <laughs> it was just so nice to finally be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to keep a secret. I'm not going to wait until it gets spilled for me. I'm just going to tell you, and then 
everyone. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell you. And so it was so nice to see that whole thing play out with, oh, so they just they just all came clean. And there, there it was. And then it worked out for them because that's how they were able to take care of things because they got the jump on them because they were all just honest with each other. Yeah. And I, I thought after some five years of everyone in, in the Arrowverse keeping secrets, it was just nice to finally have people just say, no more secrets. Yeah, we got a job to do. Yeah, so that that was my favorite part. So now we got to score it. So Vernon, again, literally the only other person in the podcast. <laughs> what would you score Young Justice Season 1? I would score this one miss- missing Ocean Master. Oh, poor missing Ocean Master. So I would score Young Justice Season 1 as naked but in the fun way. <laughs> <laughs> They're kids. <laughs> but they have robots for when they need to party. <laughs> oh, that's, I can't keep Jesus. that in. That's wrong. I can't keep that in there. No, you have to keep that in. <laughs> I can't keep that in there. Oh, no, we got to take that out. Oh. I'm going to still keep naked in the fun way. It's, Fair enough. Anyway, all right. All right. So I guess all that's left now is for some final thoughts. So, Vernon, it's your soapbox. Final thoughts. Um, so I've got a lot of things in the pipeline. I'm really excited about them. Uh, keep watching the YouTube videos and everything like that. Me, uh, opposite, uh, Axelon as we run the YouTube channel together. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got a new intro in the pipeline. So definitely check it out and, uh, keep listening to Hero Talk because it's an awesome podcast. All right. So now it's me. So for, for my final thoughts, I just want to put out there that, you know, as we're, and when this is goes out, by the time this actual podcast goes out to air, uh, I'm going to have a new baby. Hooray! Hooray for me. So um, this is just kind of me letting you know down the pipeline that I am recording as many episodes as I can before the baby gets here so that I can keep Hero Talks coming. But we are eventually going to run into a little bit of a slowdown. We're not going away. Don't worry about it. Don't fret. Don't think. Is Hero Talk stopping? It's not. But we might run into a little bit of a slowdown. And if that happens, then what I'm just going to do is take that time to really maybe kick into high gear the reboot. So if I do slow down, I'm just going to come back and we're just going to go into to, to the new format. And it'll so it'll be old but new. Uh, and there you go. So I'm not. I I did not really think that 100% through. I'm not sure where I was going with that. But <laughs> it's all good. I mean. I'm not, no, I'm not gonna second take that, whatever. So yeah, so hero talks are coming, but I got, I got, I will have a, a brand new young child. As most, as anyone who has a child knows, they spend the first six months just basically almost dying every day. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> they are unable to be left alone without killing themselves. So that's gonna be where most of my time is spent. Daddy loves you. That is a horrible thought. I can't leave that in either. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that got dark. Wow. Hey. Sometimes we gotta go there. All right. So anyway, that was Hero Talk. Vernon, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. If you want to check out more podcasts, including our sister cast, Point Streak and Behind Line Radio, or if you want to see any videos, let's plays, reviews, interviews, go to enthusiacs.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Enthusiacs. And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying hello, Megan. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so now it's my my, my soap. I can speak. <laughs> I promise. Ugh.